740 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. And joining us every Tuesday at about this time, we have uh, Scambia Sheriff Chip Simmons. Sheriff, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm good. Are you still the sheriff when you're not wearing a sheriff's uniform? <laughs> That's what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they dock my pay every Do they? Time I, wear, I mean, you no, get paid like 75%, yeah. Yeah, though, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Because, you know, I know you're the sheriff no matter what time of day it is, wherever you go, I guess whatever you wear. Right. So why bother wearing the uniform? Because it looks good. <laughs> no, no arguing that. No arguing that. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't wear a uniform every day. I wear a uniform most days. You, you don't wear it around the house. No. no. <laughs> Your wife will kill you. Like Andy I'm not the sheriff at home. You're not. <laughs> yeah. I know that. That's every man uh, says that. All right. So, uh, serious, sorry. It's just. That's great. Oh, man. And and your wife is fantastic. Um, serious stuff. We had a, um, a horrible, horrible incident with, what, two people who were murdered, and uh, the grandson has now been... What's What what happened? It's on Greenbrier. Yeah, well, this is it's awful. It's on Greenbrier. It's terrible. We get a call that um, the, the son had not heard from his parents, uh, his mother and father, for some time. It had been a couple of days. Um, and he indicated that his nephew or their grandson was also staying at the house. Um, so we get a call to do what we call a welfare check. Hmm. So we get there, and then we enter the house with the son. He has the keys to, and allows us in, in in the house because, again, uh, trying to figure out, make sure they're okay. Unfortunately, they were not okay. Uh, a, a, just a bloody scene. Hmm. Um, there, there is two bodies. Both of his parents uh, were, were found murdered inside the house, uh, one inside a bedroom and one was inside a Look like an office type type of a, a setting in there, um, and then we we were looking for and ultimately found and arrested the, the grandson. Uh, when it first happened, we put put it out that we're looking for you know the grandson. Talk to the grandson. You have two people that are killed in the house, and a third person lives there. We need to talk to that, that right that third party. Um, and we did so. It was just it's just a, a terribly tragic, and as you can imagine. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I was I had to go into this. I went into the scene and, and, and took a look at what was going on. Um, just a horrific, bloody, bloody scene. I, I, I can't imagine the, you know, the, the, the horror that they went through. And, and then ultimately we did end up arresting the, the guy. We got a call. Uh, we put the information out on Facebook that, um, you know, that, that this is the individual that we're looking for. Uh, Jordan King, I believe his name. Um, and and. Someone called us, hey, I think I just saw that guy walk, just walking around on mm-hmm. Blue Angel. So we went over there, and sure enough, he's walking around. Uh, we ended up uh, picking him up and arresting him, charging him with, with the, the, the felony murder. Do we know, um, I mean, cause, motive, weapon? Do we know anything about the what led to this? I, I can tell you that, the, the, you know, uh, is there a good cause to, you know, no. just to brutally no. slay your, your parents or your grandparents? No, there's not. Um, I can tell you that it looked like a, a mixture of blunt force trauma, mm-hmm. and um, you know there were some some stab wounds. Appears to be some stab wounds. I believe a hammer was used at at, oh. at one point. It was just okay. a, a, a horrific a horrific scene. Um, you know, somebody had texted me earlier in the week and asked me a question that uh, is now relevant to you particularly, but also it said, you know, when police have to go to a scene like that, um, it's traumatic enough to encounter. Somebody who's deceased. I mean, it's weird for people to encounter a dead body. But, you know, people die of natural causes. That's not so awful. Um, but you go to scenes where, you know, it's a suicide. You go to scenes where it's a homicide. You go to scenes like this that are clearly 
atrocious in addition to being what it normally is. What kind of um, mental health resources, you know, what kind of follow-up do you have to just, you know, make sure that, like, you're okay, to make sure that they're okay, and, you know, especially officers who encounter that for the first time in their careers. It's, I mean, I know I wouldn't want to. It's it's awful. Well, I, I think it's important this, at this point to kind of give you an idea what, uh, you know, what the, the deputies would have went through. Um, a lot of times these welfare checks are are harmless. I mean, you yeah. oh, yeah, no, I my phone's dead or I just can't get a hold of them. In fact, most of the time that's the case. Sometimes there's an elderly individual that had passed away, and we have to let the, the family know. But but so the deputies would have gotten there, would have heard or hadn't heard from a couple of days, looked around the outside of the house, and nothing appeared to be out of order on the outside of the house. And then so they go from just walking in with the relative to seeing this this bloody scene one, mm-hmm. and then and then they had to hurry and get him out of the house, the relative out of the house. They had to clear the scene. They don't know if the if the killer is still in in the house. They don't know if he's he's you know barricaded himself somewhere else. So they went from you know just a regular walkthrough to now they see all this. They're processing what they're seeing. They're calling on a radio. I happen to be listening to it on the radio, so I was able to get there pretty quick. Um, and and then they're clearing the house with the guns drawn. And then they go into another room and they find a, a and I know this because I've also seen the body camera. They open another door and they find another body there, and then they're still the, the house is in a little bit of I would describe it as disarray. Yeah. Um, so they're having to check under every every table, behind every couch, and every closet, every nook, and at the same time they're still processing what they have here. You know, and 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 so you go from walking into a scene, seeing all this, processing it, and then also having to be on high alert because you think you're looking for a killer that may well be in the in the still in the house and he had to broadcast that information to other deputies so you have all of that that they're dealing with and then the very next time they may go to a you know to a lost dog or something right so um we have i'm proud to say one of only two programs mental health programs within our agency that's both internal and external we talk about the external um the co-responder aspect of what we have Mm -hmm. where we partner with lakeview uh clinician mental health clinician and then, but internally, we also provide those resources through a, a EAP program, but also through uh, we have full time um, a full time counselor, if you will, that mm-hmm. is sat in the sheriff's office that that is available to talk to whoever and 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 whenever that, that they need it. Oftentimes, when we go uh, when individuals are involved in something, we will mandate that they go see somebody mm-hmm. and just talk it out. You know, I mean, just just to talk a little bit. Um, in this type of situation. Honestly, because it happens, you know, a lot. Whether it's a car accident, whether it's a, yeah. a, you know, or it's an industrial accident like we had, um, like we had yesterday, um, that they 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 see these things all the time, and so it's important for us to let them know that they have these resources available to them. Whether it's external to the sheriff's office, and as you can imagine, that could be valuable at times. But also, it's it's we, we have someone you can go talk to that has an office outside the office mm-hmm. of the main sheriff's office. Um, and then you can talk to them as many times as you'd like. Well, because we, I mean, obviously these, you know, these men and women have families, they have children, um, you know, trauma can affect people in all different kinds of ways. And some people it does not affect. I mean, it's, you know, it's not universal. You know, um, you know, but, I found the most difficult thing is to, is, is one of the most difficult things I should say is making nooks of kin notification. Mm, you know, we used to work mm-hmm. traffic accidents when I was a Pensacola police officer. And, and when you work fatalities, you have to let the families know. And so, you know, you, you knock on a door and you have to, you know, you're there for the worst moment of a yeah. family's life. And, and you have to do that on a regular basis, unfortunately, because people die in traffic accidents and right. or industrial accidents or, you know, you have to, you have to bear the bearer of that. 
of such bad news. And I think that's very difficult to, sometimes to, uh, to just walk away from and forget about. Absolutely. Uh, we had a couple of other incidents. You mentioned the industrial accident where um, an Escambia County employee was trimming a tree with a bucket truck and or a cherry picker and something went wrong. Yeah, you know, what, what, again, what a, what a terrible uh, thing to have happened. Um, individual gets up, goes to work, and, and you know, he never comes home. That's, that's just, just terribly tragic. We get the call that um, of the what we call an industrial accident or a death investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we discovered took place was that uh, an Escambia County employee was up in a bucket truck on those that are on the, the boom arm, um, and they're trimming the tree, and somehow as the, I guess as the tree uh, was cut, it snapped back and struck the arm part, uh, which is obviously the bucket is attached to. When it, it struck the bucket hard enough to where it threw the employee out of the bucket itself onto the ground below, um, they estimated somewhere around 40 feet. It was up up there pretty high. Okay. Uh, the bucket remained up there, um, you know, it remained upright, and and unfortunately, the the employee, the 59 year old male employee, fell fell and was was uh, you know deceased at at the scene. Um, we did discover that there was no there was no harness that was mm-hmm. that was attached and, and no helmet. Um, you know, it, it's just terribly tragic. So, sounds like a helmet may not have been the difference maker, but a harness almost certainly would have. You know, it's I guess it's it's impossible to say for sure because sure. you can't go back and relive things. But uh, um, it, it the the bucket stayed up. And yeah. So uh, the you know the thought I guess and in, in some people's mind again is that and it's for everyone you can make your right. own judgment. Um, uh, you know, if there was a, a, a strap in there and had it, had it held, um, that the individual would, might have still been in a bucket. Man, just again, like you say, all the horrible, weird things that happen. We uh, we also had a um, Mario McWilliams, I guess, a twenty year old twenty year old uh, Pensacola guy, has been now charged with uh, attempted homicide for shooting at three people coming out of a home. Is that right? Yeah, we get a call off a of Kitty Hawk Drive, uh, what we call a shots fired disturbance. We get there and we find out that uh, there are several victims uh, and some witnesses and also a video that showed uh, Mario Williams fire six, six rounds or six shots into a vehicle that was occupied. And so we oh, into a vehicle. charged him. Yeah, they were in a vehicle. Okay. So somebody again, was shooting a video of this while he was shooting at the people. Well, I, I don't know what the video is. The video could have been a home video, oh, could video be, okay, gotcha. uh, yep. or it could have been a, a, a phone type video. But either way, um, we certainly had probable cause to believe that uh, Mario Williams did it. And we arrested him accordingly. And then speaking of video, I guess there was some kind of a argument on Facebook or social media or something. And a woman says, why don't you come do something about it? Shows up at her house. She goes out on the lawn. There's people with her yelling and arguing. And then it winds up, uh, they're Facebook living it or something. And it winds up into a knife fight where she's stabbing somebody with the kitchen knife. Is that kind of what happened? Uh, I think that's that's accurate. And I can tell you on the video that I saw in that one, it looked like a big kitchen knife. And it was, we had charged them with attempted murder because um, I, I can simply describe it, you know, in, in, in some detail that during the fight, uh, one of the individuals pulled out, uh, grabbed this knife. I, mm-hmm. I don't recall exactly where it was from and, and lunged at a person with a, with a knife over their head and into the, the, the victim of uh, cutting them pretty severely on the arm. Mm. Um, and had it been what, three or four inches to the, to the right, I guess, um, it certainly would have been fatal. So we charged that individual with, uh, I don't recall the name at this point, but we charged that individual with attempted homicide. And, and again, um, you know, speaking of the, 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 the videos, it's it's another pretty, you know, you shake your head at, at, at just the actions of some people. At, it's at amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, in uh, slightly better news, uh, let's just say, uh, you got reaccredited. 
right? Which is yeah. something you periodically have to go through. Yeah, uh, we we went we sent a couple of uh, of our people led by uh, Chief Andy Hobbs and uh, our our uh, training section, which includes I have to mention their names because they've done a really good job. Mm-hmm. Commander Jeremy Small, Captain Philip Fulmer, our accreditation manager was Cole Chancellor, Lieutenant Mike Colburn, and Sergeant Vince Odenbrett. Um, they all went down there because what you have to do is you you get tested. They come to our agency, they check our policies, they check our our you know make sure that we're abiding by our policies and our proofs and that sort of thing. And they have a severe, uh, I say severe, but just ex- exhausting type of evaluation. <laughs> exhaustive. Um, yeah, exhaustive. And exhausting. <laughs> and, and just and they just had to checklist pages and pages and pages. There are a couple of days, actually. And then we go down there and we answer some questions and we get reaccredited or they put you under, a, I guess, a probationary status. Well, in this case, we, we pass with flying colors. Um, so the citizens of Scandia County will be, good, will be glad to know that they're their sheriff's office has again been reaccredited for three more years, and then will be you know reassessed in three years. That's great. It's a good thing. It shows that we're using standardized policies, and mm-hmm. not just that we have policies, but that we're abiding by those policies. They ask you know to, to prove that you are this is your policy and to prove that you are actually abiding by it. And Everything it's not from just fire extinguishers, cruiser wall, yeah. cars, and and all this stuff. Yeah, uh, you you don't have it just to say you have it. You actually have to adhere to those policies. So it's a it's it's a good thing for us, and I'm I'm obviously proud of the of the agency and what they've been able to do. Uh, you had a successful pit of a stolen car. We'll note that. And then you have a job fair tonight, right? Somebody hears us talking about this stuff and thinks, I want to do that or something related to it, right? You should want to do that. And it's uh, we're having a career fair at our agency, um, 1700 West Leonard Street. It's going to be 4 o'clock to 6.30 today. You'll be able to come there and you'll be able to talk to some people about uh, our people, obviously, about uh, jobs and, and careers in law enforcement. It doesn't mean deputy sheriff. It could mean crime scene. It could mean dispatch. It could mean uh, clerical work. It could mean a number of different opportunities that we have Nickel here. Yeah, we have we have a number of different opportunities. We have over 800, uh, well, about 750 employees with just a variety of different different things. We have assistants. We have legal teams. We have a number of things that we can do. Uh, and we have opportunities at the sheriff's office. So if you're interested in a career in law enforcement or anything to support law enforcement, you can come see us at the sheriff's office tonight at 4 o'clock to 6.30. 4 to 6.30 at Leonard Street. If you don't know where it is, Pace and Fairfield, and then just follow the cop cars. You'll find it from there. <laughs> you yeah. come in, yeah. you know, it's, there, there's, there's they're all going to one place, and that's where there will be. Yeah. Uh, Sheriff Chip Simmons, as always, sir, a pleasure. Thank you for the time. Thanks for what you do to keep us safe and uh, keep us informed. I appreciate it. You bet. Y'all take care.